giving downright cutting, buddy, buddy. Wish I missed the past, buddy, buddy, but there's still buddy cast. No, don't be naughty, go meet everybody here on buddy cast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Part two of our Double Buddy Day, and it's also episode three, two, one of BuddyCast. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. Joining me today is a wonderful, fantastic very hard-working team, as you can tell by the tired expressions on their faces. You know, <laughs> we have my buddy Tom and my buddy Mike from WQLN. How are you guys doing today? Doing Good. great. Thank you for having yeah. us on. Hey, absolutely. Thank you for stopping on BuddyCast and being buddies. I'm honored. I'm honored that you chose BuddyCast to promote this new event. So, guys. You guys are working on a, a new TV series that was just recently aired, but is already receiving award nominations. Could you tell our viewers who maybe aren't familiar with this what this is all about? Yeah, gladly. Uh, at this point, I, I don't even know if we get to call ourselves new anymore. Uh, we, mm -hmm. We've been on. Uh, so the name of the show is called Chronicles. We're on WQLN. Uh, we uh, our episodes air at Thursday at eight o'clock. Sunday at two and Friday nights at midnight. And uh, the show is uh, just sort of, it's an anthology docu-series that really uh, takes um, a deep dive into some of uh, the, our, our history in the Lake Erie region. And uh, we, try to put, uh, we try to put that history into context of where we are today in 2023. But wow. what is new is, um, so you have the, the, the Emmy Awards that everyone's familiar with and there's different categories of them. And they, they run for content that airs between January and December. Well, we, we premiered the series uh, late September of last year. Uh, so we, only, we were only able to air seven episodes last year. But of those seven, um, very flatteringly, uh, we've had six Emmy nominations. So we find out if we've won any um, on June 17th. And then given that throughout the course of this year, we're making a whole bunch more episodes... Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to add even more nominations and potentially some accolades for the season. And, um, and Erie will have a, an Emmy Award winning documentary series made about the history of the region. Nice. Nice. So how did this series come to be? Like, how did this idea come into play? Foolishly. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is kind of a fun story. Uh, my understanding is, and I've heard a few itinerations of it throughout the time, uh, Chronicles was something that had been dreamed up for a while at WQLN, long before Tom and I came onto the picture. And they were originally, Tom, they were originally going to do it as a news, like a news show, yeah. but like they were going to like news, like we're going to throw the And I will, I, will, I will preface that anything oh, yeah. before Mike and I got here was, was not foolishly done. We're, we're the fools in the equation yes. before any, any of our superiors are watching this thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, no, uh, so they were going to do this show that they wanted to do a newscast. And uh, what was it? Uh, we came on and originally it was called Erie Chronicles. And uh, the idea was to lose the Erie side of things uh, just so it would hopefully, uh, because we really do want to sort of look at uh, the region in Erie's um, 
uh, placed within the greater American tapestry, if you will. And so we just called it, and there is a very, very, very rich history here. So we decided to just go with Chronicles. It, also from just a branding standpoint, it's a little cleaner, a little shorter, a little punchier. But I think what's also interesting in development is that, yes, initially there was this idea of having much more kind of bite-sized bits of, of history information. Um, I think probably with more of a focus towards younger people in the region. Um, but, but once looking into all the different narratives, all the different stories that exist in this area, and it's true for any area, really, um, but, but there is such a richness here. The idea of trying to condense that down into sort of five to eight minute segments, you can't possibly tell the stories that, that we're getting to explore. And so it just expanded into this wonderfully sort of um, immersive half hour episodes where we get to really, you know, some of the episodes are on, on historical figures, some are on events, and we get to really explore them in a way that we, we wouldn't have been able to do before. Which I think, if anything, is nicer for us, um, you know, a lot nicer for the viewer as well. But for us as filmmakers, we get to really, you know, wade through the depths of, of Erie's history that we otherwise wouldn't have been able to do if the show had looked differently. So it makes our jobs a lot more enjoyable. Wow. And how is the content for this, for this uh, planned? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> planned, yeah. Um, um, I, well, I think... Cool. Okay. Yeah, we <laughs> play. Uh, I think one of the things we do look at is, is like, we, it's like, hey, is this, we will look at the scope of the episodes. And it's like, is this getting too city centric? Uh, do we have enough touching sort of the, some of the rural and uh, other adjacent um, counties and everything like that? And then on top of it, it's like biographies. Uh, is it, um, what are we talking about in industry? So we try to jump from uh, sort of uh, subject to subject. Now, my, my, Mike's giving you the sophisticated answer there. The planning, the real planning, is is basically prior to the show really getting underway, Mike took the time to explore across all the subjects he's talking about so that we had some sort of level playing field there. But but really just scouring the breadth of all the different topics, all the different options that were available as possible stories and then wrote them down on uh, on little post-it cards. And then he has a wall that is just this sea, this multicolored sea of cards stapled to the wall, takes the wall rather, and then and then the planning was just sitting there going, oh no, oh there <laughs> is so much ground to cover, we, we couldn't possibly get through it. Um, and so then just having to do that evaluation of right, of the stories that, that we've identified, which are the ones that, that wouldn't get told elsewhere? What's the stuff that people wouldn't otherwise stumble upon? Uh, and then from those stories, Let's now look at how we balance it between arts-related, historical figures, uh, events. So everything that Mike said was true. He just left out that rather bigger mission that he first had to go through and evaluate the region's history, which is no small undertaking. Well, Tom, uh, well, and I don't think, Tom, I don't think I've ever mentioned, you know, the first, when I first started, I was afraid there wasn't going to be like, is there enough here for a series? Yeah. That was like an honest concern i had and then it's like at a certain point it was just like oh my oh my <laughs> so yeah awesome so tell us about the episodes that have aired thus far like give us some highlights and stuff like that we love well, all I, of them <laughs> no i tell you what, we, we to kick off to kick off with um 
with the very first episode. Uh, and what what we've done is we we tend to do a divide and conquer because there's so much ground to cover. So Mike will take lead on on an episode. I'll take lead on another so that whatever episode is coming up next, the idea is that that person then has a little bit of buffer space. So we're just constantly cycling through. So Mike had um, the the, Run the show opener, Run Runners, which is a fun subject in itself. But I think one of the highlights was we got to uh, we got to road trip. We got to travel. Mm. We, we piled into the car and went off to Port Dover in Canada and had the, an excessive amount of fudge, uh, an extraordinarily large ice cream cone, um, and sitting on a beach looking at the landscape with cameras filming the area going, this is this is our job for the foreseeable future. We get to go to these places all in the name of, of exploring history. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I wish I hadn't lent into the fudge and ice cream quite so much. I'm regretting it now with the waistline. Oh. Uh, that, that, yeah, that Port Dover shoot, that first one was like insane. Uh, and then what was it, Charlotte Elizabeth? Uh, we had uh, the visit, which was of UFO ones. Uh, Tom did the district, which was, which was with Mr. Uh, Thomas Hagen talking mm -hmm. about the history and the importance of preservation of Sixth Street and what's happening down there. Uh, you had, was, did Houses of Faith come next, which is, yes, uh, yep. And uh, that, which is, that is a subject that has, as Tom has done more research, that has just grown and grown and grown in scope because there's so much to talk about. Um, and that's, again, that's one of the, uh, that's one of the blessings of the show where it's just like, if, we are, we're not necessarily constrained all the time. Like if we really want to go in and, and dive into a subject even further past our 28, our 28 minutes, we do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was about to say, have you ever done like, have you ever thought of doing like part two episode, like part two, part three, things like that? Cause you've had so many, so much content. So houses of faith, which was supposed to be a, a one-off half hour episode. Um, I am currently finishing up the, uh, the polish for part three. Wow. which airs tomorrow night, um, and and that will be the penultimate episode of what then became a four-part miniseries within the uh, confines of the series as a whole. Um, there's been... Tom, Tom, you did do a movie. That is what yeah. happened. Yeah, it's a two-hour piece on, uh, on, on the relationship that our, our church communities have with the city and the role they played in this development. Um, and there's been plenty of, of episodes which, you know, have been shorter. I mean, the number of times... Mike and I will, uh, you know, wander into the other's office and just say, I don't know how to tell this in 30 minutes without robbing the subject of the richness that it, it deserves. Um, so it's a problem. It's, it's, it's a real issue trying to constrain it to half an hour. And we have that luxury and liberty of, of really going, you know, what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to this story. We'll make it into a two-parter. At least it's a good problem to have. Like, it's a good problem to have so much content rather than too little. Like, it, I would much rather have, I have so much content. How am I going to fit in 30 minutes rather than I have this much content to make uh, 30 minutes out of? What do I do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that, um, it's the whole, I always think of it like like carpentry. It's easy to take things away, but you never want to be in a position where you're going to try and add to it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Thankfully, exactly. with 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 this subject, there's just so so much to explore. Um, mm -hmm. So we're we're committed to doing three seasons. Uh, we're finishing up season one, and then um, and then we're already starting to lay the foundations for the beginnings of season two, which will be a predominantly uh, maritime themed um, block of of content. 
for which Mike had us go and get scuba rated. Let's so yeah, talk about that. talk about having a buddy system there. Right. <laughs> so what's the story behind that one? Uh, well, Erie is writ, uh, the Erie Quadrangle, which was uh, coined by David Frew, uh, and it's it's a it's a catchy slogan for it, and it's actually been adopted by uh, Kathy, uh, by then Kathy Dahlkamper and uh, the government. There's a as a, I think a lot of people know, there's a ton of shipwrecks in the local area, uh, particularly in Lake Erie. Uh, and Well, not just here, east and west uh, Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wanted to, some of them have some really interesting stories to them. And we wanted to just sort of dive, so, no literally. literally dive in and uh, sort of tell some of them. We can't, there's no way we will be able to touch all of them. And, uh, and some of them, we don't know what happened, but uh but there's some of them with a pretty interesting history and a story and an interesting story to tell. So you literally took a camera and dove under Lake Erie. Would not, not yet. One of the things we discussed this summer. Um, yeah, this summer because because of the uh, the the way that Lake Erie sits as it's quite a shallow body of water. Yeah. Um, and all bodies of water are quite prone to uh, to having these sort of all of the all of the organisms that live in there. They all get to be. Um, uh, more active as the summer goes on so your visibility declines uh so you want to go in at a point where you haven't had all of that that mass appear in the water which basically hinders the camera's ability to see um but you also don't want it to be so unbelievably cold and given that erie has a bit of a habit of getting cold during the winter not not a period of time where we're going to go jumping in um well mike might i'm not <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're you're hardier than I am. <laughs> well, not even, if they, not even if, they, if they told you your paycheck depends on you jumping in this water. I, I like a fool. They they didn't even tell me that. I just thought it would be. I was like, there's some really good stories underneath the surface there, uh, and there's wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, there's a really strong uh, diving community here, uh, along with the uh, the excellent work done by the uh, regional science uh, committee down at uh, down by the track, uh, Jeanette Sch- uh, Schnars and her team. And uh, right at this is, and we're coming to the time about May June where I really I'm going to have to start brushing up and you know getting ready to to do some of those dives. It, it, it's not you know you only have so much time with oxygen and stuff like that, but it hopefully we'll be able to get what we need to get within uh, two or three dives, I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. And the, the other limitation that we faced, uh, aside from, from weather shifting, is that when, when this project got underway, um, for the first few weeks, it was just Mike before I uh, got into the office. And then for a few months there, it was just the two of us um, yes. before we were then able to start bringing in, you know, another system producer and then another system producer and then more people when there's just two of you, um, not a lot of bandwidth to go scuba diving and filming content when you still have all the other episodes to worry about. So we're now we're now a much larger team. Um, after after the success of the first few episodes, uh, we had the generous support of people in the area that allowed us to um, to then bring in more filmmakers, and that that allows us to then really start to explore those types of experiences that that I think will. Uh, be very rewarding for the audience. Those underwater shots, those things, they take more time uh, and we now have that luxury uh, to, to bring that to the series. Now, you mentioned support from the community. Can there be ways that, like, let's say buddies are watching, let's say there's a buddy who 
has the funding right now, something like that, that they can support this series to help you create more content. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> please. 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 Uh, yeah, what was it? You know, it's uh, we have a we pre- have a pretty extensive team um, that, and everybody works pretty hard almost around the clock. Uh, but uh, we got uh, they call WQLN. Uh, we are listener and viewer supported. Uh, that is sort of the, uh, the you know, the, the ethos of the network uh, in general. And uh, you can call WQLN and uh, you can ask to make a contribution to the show or, or if you, if you want to support uh, WQLN itself uh, and everything they do, all the good work they do from education, radio and television, please, by all means, do that as well. And here's the thing, if there, if there is someone with, with deeper pockets who is passionate about history, who wants to be a, a major contributor to the series, then, you know, we're here to answer their call. They can, they can reach out to the office. But for the general population who just want to show their support, um, they can go to wqlnchronicles.com as the hyperlink to get to the series. What right. we've done is we've put every episode in front of the PBS paywall because we want to share this content with everyone. We don't want it to be the barrier. But if people are watching it and they like it, one of the best ways they can support is, is just to become a member uh, of, of WQLN, whether it's five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month, it does a huge amount to support the station, not just for what we do with Chronicles, but also the educational outreach programs, uh, the other the other content that we make, um, Eerie Eats, Sounds Around Town, all of that stuff is funded through member support. Um, so, you know, we're, we're out here, uh, obviously, to promote the show. Um, and if people like the show, then we hope that, that we can convert that into support for the station at large. Every little bit helps. Indeed. Exactly. More more than people could actually, I think, <laughs> fully appreciate. <laughs> yes. So I got to ask this question next. I know this is kind of like asking who's your favorite child or something like that. But what's been your favorite episode so far? Like what episode have you had the most fun working on? Most fun working on oh um trying to think i tom i honestly do think i have enjoyed uh just houses of faith has been really interesting because there's a lot of churches and you you're familiar with these buildings but you don't always get to go into them and then when you walk in and eerie it's unbelievable how gorgeous uh the the churches are in in the city it's it does sort of uh take your breath away no, I think I think that's that has been a really insightful uh, episode because I, I think also when when starting production on that, I didn't have enough understanding of the, or appreciation for for the role that many of these church communities play, um, and so as a filmmaker, it's it's really shifted my my outlook, um, and I'm I'm that's I, I'm always rewarded when when i feel i've come out of a project having a whole different distinct opinion of of you on something in terms of just outright sheer enjoyment um we have a lot first the the which one we have a lot of fun (laughs) oh we do we do have we have a lot of fun in general um but obviously as the show's gone on and it's it's easier now so we're we're about to have a lot more fun because we have more people (laughs) with us uh you know there are times when Mike and I will spend, you know, 24 hours straight in the office to finish up an episode. Our, our worst one, due to a, a, a technical um, issue that we had to then correct, we were in the office for 36 hours straight because 
the episode has to air. People are expecting for the TV guides to be honest and correct. And so that, that show has to air at 8 p.m. on a Thursday. Um, so when we're dealing with deadlines, we don't have the luxury of time to really sit back and reflect on what we're doing and enjoy the moment. But whilst it was a lot of pressure, I think those first few months when we went up to Port Dover, when we That's went right. and traveled to different locations, and we were able to just spend those spend those days sort of speculating on what the future of the series might look like. But as I say, just to sit on a beach with an ice cream and, and just say, okay, so we've shot that. What's next? Let's go through it. Um, we're a little bit more, we're, we're, we're a more well-oiled machine now, which means that we don't have the excuse to sit down and reflect because we know what the next step is and we, we just constantly go through it. But that's ex- yeah. the exploratory moments. Yeah. You've been through um, it so you know already. It's not, it's no longer that like trial and error or that um, guessing it. It's just, here's what we've been through. Here's what we know we have to do. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we work a lot more efficiently now, um, but because of that efficiency, ironically, it means that we have less time just to sit and contemplate what our next steps are. So um, it's crazy we'll, we'll how that happens. That. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy how that happens. Like we've gotten more organized, which is had to be done and everything. Like can't be running around like a chicken with your head cut off all the time. And But it does some of the spontaneity of some of the things um, – you know, it's you know you you're able to telegraph what the next steps are. But, but aside aside from that, we are very very lucky, on, and and we we say this quite frequently. Of all the shows that I've ever worked on, the team that we're working with here are phenomenal, and everyone is, I mean, just properly lovely people. So when we're on set, when we're on location, even dealing with you know what could be perceived as quite dry content, we have far too many occasions where we're laughing as we're working uh just sort of giddily enjoying our day which is um we've, we're very fortunate in that respect awesome how rewarding does it feel when you complete an episode you submit it everything signed sealed delivered oh <sighs> that mattress has never looked more attractive yeah it's sweet <laughs> straight it's to sweet. bed yeah <laughs> Tom's going through it right now. I just did uh, Tulio Defeated, which was all about the 1965 primary between Lou Tulio and Canavino. And, you know, I, the all in all, I got it I got it there with a good amount of time to spare. But it's just like the first thing you want to do. And that was the day we found out about the Emmy nominations. And Tom knew was worried that I was upset. And I was just like, Tom, I'm tired. I'm thrilled. I, but I need to sleep. And so uh, the team went out and had a few uh, had a few libations to celebrate, and I uh, I actually left early, and then slept wow. for like twelve hours. Wow, that is awesome! <laughs> so, what about? Can you let us in on some upcoming episodes, or is there like any confidentiality behind it? Anything like that? No, happy to talk about it. part three. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, so we got yeah. How's How's Faith Part Three coming up? And then because there's a fourth part, that might actually come out as a digital exclusive, which would be an interesting one. Um, we followed that up with uh, another instance of a part two. I did an episode on Pit Hole and the the history of of the first commercial oil wells in in America. Um, so we have a part two of that coming up before it then goes over to Mike again. I'm working on Harry T. Burley right now, part one. 
and the idea is that we're going to Burley's life is a pretty uh, uh, fascinating one. It's a great American story. Uh, so we're going to try to focus on his uh, grandfather's uh, migration up here to Erie eventually and uh, sort of that reconstructive uh, reconstruction period during uh, U.S. history and then get, get into Burley's young life before he leaves for New York. And then it's back to Tom for season one's uh, finale. Yeah, we're going to be um, we're, we're deep into interviews with all the political figures from the from the region uh, to look at the shifting uh, political landscape and and how from the 1950s to now we've become this purple region that is considered a bellwether for the country uh, with with you know potentially some serious influence on on presidential campaigns, uh, but also how our local politics works. Um, and, and how if if we living our days today lives want to see some sort of meaningful change, who do we go to? How does that function? Uh, who who has power and sway over uh, over over how how we exist? Wonderful. We were talking about being rewarding earlier in this episode. And speaking of rewards, you guys are up for some award nominations currently. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and June 17th is going to either be a glorious night of celebration uh, or it's going to be a, a good, strong motivator to just continue every episode as, as the team just gets more and more cemented into how we, we, you know, get these episodes done. Each episode is just that little bit more polished than the last. There's there's extra time to put in that little bit more detail. And so either either we pick up some accolades and that'll be wonderful, or we don't, and it serves as a reminder of why we constantly strive to improve on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And what awards have you been nominated for thus far? Oh, uh, there's all sorts of sort of uh, the way that they break the, out the documentary categories. There's like uh, there's documentary historical documentaries, diversity documentaries. There's um, oh boy. Um, Tom, do you remember some of the other categories? There, there's like a bunch of right now. Ah, there you go. Thank you. Uh, there's a bunch of. That's a good question. Uh, there's <laughs> a, there's a bunch of different documentary categories. So yeah. So um, of 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 the six awards that we're nominated for, um, my computer went to sleep and it doesn't want to wake back up. Um, mm. I know that. Uh, one of them, at the very least, is a is a technical award because there's oh, yeah. the awards that go to the shows for for being good for a specific category, and then there are technical ones which we didn't really know a huge amount about. So next year, we're going to submit to uh, to more of those than we did this time around. Um, but we are getting an acknowledgement for our technical achievements in just the cinematography. We'd said from the outset, um, you know, I remember oh, yeah. distinctly. Mike and I sitting in laveries, having a pint, talking about what this show would look like. And and it's a very, it's a needed conversation because it, it determines the camera systems you use, how you approach the interviews, uh, the tone you want to try and strike in the in post-production. And we said from the outset that we wanted to try and give this a, a cinematic feel um, and, and, and a quality that, that otherwise, you know, hasn't really been uh, sought after for this kind of content. Um, so it's very nice that of the six Emmy Awards no- nominations that we've had, one of them is for the cinematography. 
So it's just that nice acknowledgement that what we aimed to do all the way back before we ever started filming anything, we have had an acknowledgement that, hey, you guys are heading in the right direction. We might not win. If we do, it'll be great. If not, as I said, we'll just keep striving, uh, striving to, uh, to improve. Hey, great motivators right there. It's either you're celebrating or, okay, what's next? What do we have to do here, you know? Yeah. And then as for our other awards, uh, we are up for um, an Emmy for, for Best Cultural Documentary, uh, an Emmy for uh, Best Historical and Cultural Documentary. Um, and then we're in the other category of uh, just straight out historical. So historical, historical cultural, and, uh, and, and cultural are three different uh, categories. So at best, because several episodes are, are in competition with each other. Wow. Um, so uh, the, the, the best we can do is walk around, walk out with four Emmys. Uh, but that does mean that in some of those categories, we've got twice the chance. There you go. There you go. Double the odds. Yeah. I don't know if that's what we were trying to do, but that's the way it's working out. So, oh, hey, that's like when your kids come home from school and are like, "Hey, we're in the, you know, we're both running for school president or something," you know? Yes. That's, that's what happens. And then now, now, obviously, while I said we 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 flip flop uh, between who takes lead on any given episode. Um, the reality is, it's, it's there's a lot of support structure in place. So you know, I don't I don't get terribly involved in Mike's episodes, and Mike doesn't get terribly involved in mine. But we try and maintain a, a situation so that if the absolute worst happens, one of us can then step in and, and help pick things up. Um, but of of the categories where we have two episodes in the mix. Um, and we, we, we all still win the awards regardless. But in both those instances, one of them is an episode that Mike's had the lead on and one of them is an episode that I've had the lead on. Um, we have no favorites. But, uh, but yeah, that'll be, a, that'll be an interesting night. Mm -hmm. I like the buddy system that you just mentioned, how it's not just a one-player deal. Like, it's not just, hey, you have your responsibilities, I have my responsibilities. You know, it's up to you. Like, you've got to pull your weight around here. It's a system of, hey, look, I'm doing the best I can. There might be a time that I need a little assistance. There might be times where you know something better than me or vice versa. Or there might be a time where like, hey, I just need a second pair of hands on this so I can get this done because I have no idea what's going on over here. Something, And you guys got, those are true buddies, you know? It's uh, it's all the time. It's all the time. And, and, and it's not just Tom and I. It's uh, from the team, from uh, Braden and Kenna and Vlad and our newest members, Kristen and Ryan, Val, Lori, uh, and even our wonderful interns, Chris, Stella, and uh, Sydney. Uh, am, am I forgetting anybody? I, I I think I mentioned. Oh, Jesse. Jesse, of course. Yes. Yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, everybody helps everybody. It, yeah. And it, it is, uh, I think, when we first started, too, something unique about the show is that we wanted to, I think, Tom and I both have collectively more than 20 years of experience, and we wanted to sort of, Production has a, um, a it has a reputation, a, a rightfully earned reputation for sometimes being a I know this is a uh, popular word to say, but being a toxic environment. We really wanted to try to do something a little bit different. Uh, now, yeah, it's just like there are days certainly you can see why uh, people sort of get more uh, authoritarian in it. But it's at the end of the day, it's just like it, I think it's bit by bit. It's really cult cultivating that um, cultivating that sort of that community with amongst each other. Uh, and it's 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 done wonder, wonders at least for our sanity, if not necessarily for our sleep, but for it's it's <laughs> nice to walk to work and be, and 
be excited to work with your friends. Yeah, and, and without getting too, you know, mushy about the whole thing, I think what makes this particular team such a nice team to be working with and within, and Mike and I have known each other for, for many, many years, and there are other people on the team who we also have longer-standing relationships with, but there is a genuine um, degree of care that we have for each other. It's not just about the show, but it's about each other. So the number of times where I'll get a message from, from Braden just saying, hey, I'm going out to, to get some food because he knows that I'm not good at keeping track of the hours and eating. So just that whole thing of like, are, are, we, are we keeping checks on our own health? Are we getting enough sleep? Have we drunk enough? Which is such a sort of odd, small thing to be focused on. But the fact that there is that degree of care and attention to how each other are operating um, makes it a, a wonderful experience that I've not had elsewhere where you wake up in the morning and you go, I, I quite look forward to getting into the office and just doing what I love doing anyway, but then with people that I'm really enjoying doing it with. Yeah. And that, makes, that makes the difference in work, you know, having a job where you know you're going to enjoy, you know, yeah, you might be doing a lot of tough work. Like you might be burning the midnight oil right now. You might be, you know, you can't remember the last day you slept or something like that, but you know, you've got that supportive team where if something happens, if you need them, they're there for you in a heartbeat. It's not a system of again, Oh, you're on your own. You're, this is your role. This is your job. I've had it, buddy. You know, good luck. Listen, yeah. the show at a certain point will come to an end. It's just what it is. And it, it's the relationships and the experiences that you foster that at this point I'm old enough with the hairs to prove it, I'm old enough to know that's really, that's, that's really is what you end up. I mean, it is really, it's, it sounds like it belongs on a Hallmark card, but that's what you carry with you. Mm -hmm. So that brings up, this brings up my next question. This is a question from my buddy, Jonas Kane at hashtag positivity. He wants to know in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? Uh, to borrow a term from probably the military, it's knowing that you've got somebody, you've got their six. And it's just like, hey, I've got your back. When it, when it's tough or when you're trying to figure something out or when you just need to ping pong an idea off of somebody. It's just like it's just being there and uh, sometimes, you know, being that being, being that other voice for the conversation. And to also just sometimes people just need to vent and you just got to be there to listen. Yeah, I think and, and, and on a slightly different approach to answering that question, um, I think in terms of identifying when when you have that degree of a relationship is that being someone's buddy is effortless. Now, all, all relationships take work and need to be managed. But but when when something is asked of you and there's not even a fleeting moment of feeling like that might be a burden or an inconvenience. It's like, Oh, my buddy's asked me to do X, Y, Z. So of course, because that's my buddy. Um, yeah. And so it's, 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 it's nice that we have that degree of relationship with, with everyone within the team. Um, there isn't, uh, there isn't that sense of, Oh, these are just the people I work with. If any one of them was like, Hey, after hours, you know, can we go and grab a drink? I want to chat about something. Or can you help me with this? Or, you know, of course. All the time. It happens all the time. And it's, it's not even, you know, at this point, it's not even, uh, it, it doesn't even phase me at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Really? We are getting so spoiled on this production. 
<laughs> it's going to be a cruel world once it's over. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think your plans are once this is all over? What do you think? Crying. Going on? Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I think what my plan is personally, it's like I've always wanted, I've, I've gone a pretty far away from writing, which I used to enjoy doing a lot more of. And so I might actually take a couple of months and go either it's a screenplay or, you know, something a little bit more long form, but might be just sort of do something that's a, and I'd like to do something that's a little bit um, as much as I'm enjoying the documentaries and talking about something with real weight to it and gravitas to it. Uh, it might be fun to go do like a comedy. Oh. Yeah, I mean, and and as as filmmakers, obviously, we're here in this very privileged position right now where we've been given a framework and then the freedom to go and make a whole bunch of, of content. Uh, a lot of times, if you're working for a station, they say you have to go and make these specific episodes, go and get it done. Um, but as, as independent filmmakers, you know, you always have ideas and things in development, um, but it's just... It, it would be uh, silly to think too heavily about what we do next when the next A is is some time away. Um, yeah. We don't know what what's going to be in play there. And also, the next is always dependent on, on the available resources. And those resources could be the accolades that we pick up in the course of the show that opens doors that might have not been opened before. Um, it could be, you know, <laughs> one of us could get a winning lottery ticket and then suddenly we're not doing the low budget short film. We're doing the big right. budget feature. Um, so well, uh, from where I thought that answer was going to go. No, obviously now the sensible thing is never put your money into your own projects, but as filmmakers, we're gluttons of punishment. Um, we, we tend to walk into these things with reckless abandon. So, yeah, if one of us won the lottery, we wouldn't be uh, financially savvy. Uh, we'd be going out making movies. Probably not. <laughs> Probably oh, not. Oh, boy. So, Betty, the next big question. Where can we find this series? Uh, a couple of places. Uh, WQN, like I said, on Thursdays at 8 o'clock, Sundays at 2, and uh, Friday nights at midnight. Uh, and then they pepper it in throughout the throughout the course of the week. Uh, but there's also, uh, if you go to WQLN.com, uh, or, or is it WQLN.org? I always forget that part. There is but, the Chronicle. Uh, w, WQLN.org, or to get straight to the series, WQLNChronicles.com. Yes. And, we have and, and and by the way, and Passport. There's the streaming app. There's the streaming app uh, for PBS uh, programming and uh, WQLN programming. Uh, if you go to there and scroll down to local programming, it's on your local. Uh, it's on the Passport app. Yes, and 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 you can also now download whether you have Android ah. or or Apple iOS. You can download the WQLN app, which Ooh. means that you can have it in your pocket and not just obviously Chronicles, but all the other PBS contents uh, that you would otherwise have available through the channel. Yes. So Erie Eats, uh, Sounds Around Towns, and they also do a pretty good job of pushing what else is happening in your community and in your neighborhoods. So that's and actually with, really with, with the app, you then also get all the access to, uh, as, as once you become a member, uh, you get access to all the, the programming that, um, that the public broadcasting service uh, provides across the country. Brilliant. 
Now, buddies, we've come to what's called the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready for this one? Okay. Sure. For anyone out there who wants to be a filmmaker, who wants to do projects like what you're doing right now, work on this award-nominated series, what's your advice to them? Mm. Do you want, do you want me to jump go in? Up. Go for it. I got some. Uh, yeah, go for it. You go first. Yeah. Um, the the simplest thing is don't wait. There's there's lots of, of hurdles. There's lots of roadblocks. There's always a reason not to go out and and do more filmmaking. Um, because when 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 you start, you're terrible. There are lots of things that I'm still really bad at, and I do this professionally. Um, but it's by doing it that I improve and get better. So we're all equipped with cameras now. And it doesn't have to be on the most amazing camera. You can go out, whether you want to tell a documentary story or a narrative thing, it doesn't have to be the best audio. It doesn't have to be the best camera. It doesn't have to be the best subject. Just go and start making it. Because it's by doing that that you get to go from being terrible to then being, oh, I've got a slight handle of this, and you start building and building. And the sooner you start, the sooner you find yourself going, hang on a second, this is my job now. I get paid for this, and I'm getting better and better and better, and people are giving us nominations for Emmys. That's exactly it. Tom nailed it. Yeah, that's I mean, you just got to kind of do it. I, I So many times I've just heard it's like, oh, this is in the way, that's what – you're always there's always going to be a reason not to do it believe me there even now there's reasons not to do some stuff but it's like you have to go out and you have to do it now on a more on a more helpful uh, educational side um because there's lots of there's lots of aspirational sort of i want to be this but but the the technical how how do i do that we live in such a fantastic age right now where people with with a very generous heart to them have put amazing tutorials on YouTube. I mean, for anything now, you can learn how to build a house on YouTube. Uh, and filmmaking is no different. There are wonderful, wonderful series online. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the, the particular channels, but they'll teach you about lighting. They'll teach you about frame rates. They'll teach you about how to frame your subject or tell a story. The information is there. And the best part is that you get to do all that education, sitting on your sofa, drinking a nice hot cup of tea uh, and, and absorb that information and then you've got the device you can go and start making. And if you want to be a good buddy and you have somebody who's also a fan of being a filmmaker, be their crew. That's a great way yes. of learning. And it's just like, go set up the lights for them. Go hold the boom pole for them. It's just like everybody, believe me, so many people want to be directors and filmmakers and would not stop a one iota, but you need help. You need a support system to sort of get your vision across the finish line. Go help and be a crew member. Go help your your friends get their vision made. I love it. Be supportive and do it. Just the more experience you guys get, the better it gets. Exactly. All righty. Well, buddies, thank you for being buddies on BuddyCast. You're not guests. You're buddies. And you guys are welcome <laughs> back anytime. Anything you want to promote, anything, you know, the further this series goes and it's getting, you know, ramping up and you want to talk more about it, by all means, you know where to find us. Excellent. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, this is a blast. Thank you. So I got one more favor to ask you before we close out this episode. Please, whatever you do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, even next year, please promise me you're going to go out and be someone's buddy. I think I could commit I to that. 
I, I get to work with them every day. There we go. Thank you again for being buddies on BuddyCast. For all hey, my buddies out there, this is my, these are my new buddies, Mike and Tom. Please check out the Chronicles on WQLN. It sounds like a fantastic series. I'm excited for it. I'll have to catch up on it. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. Thank you for joining us on episode 321 of BuddyCast. Please go be someone's buddy today, and we'll catch you all next time on everybody's favorite show. Well, the days are going fast, buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last, buddy, buddy, before they've all gone past, buddy, buddy, tune in to Buddy Cats. Don't feel like it could make it, buddy, here on Buddy Cats.